Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of this week's gargantuan golfing grapple. So, on Monday's episode, we were back in 1980 with the ramshackle but somehow insanely watchable Caddyshack. We're travelling forward through time now by 16 years and another Saturday Night alumni takes on the world of golf as Adam Sandler begins his journey to box office dominance with 1996's Happy Gilmore. So which movie will emerge as champion this week? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hey, Clash Potters, just stay out of my way, or you'll pay. Listen to what I say. Hello, I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Now, uh, very quickly, don't forget, as I always say at the start of episode uh, two, part two of each week, uh, take the time to follow us on Twitter. We are at ClashPod. You find out all sorts of extras about the show on there, and it's a whole lot of fun, and that'd be lovely. So thank you. Right, part two. These were Chris's choices this week. Caddyshack versus Happy Gilmore. Christopher, reminders of the connection. It's golf, isn't it, Alex? But it's also, it's I, think you, I think it's fair to say that it's, you could take that uh, tagline from Caddyshack, Slobs v. Snobs, because these are both very much uh, class comedies um, about class warfare, which you don't see as much in American comedy as you do in British comedy, but both these films do uh, tackle class warfare. Yes, they do. Um, do you have anything else that you'd like to say at the top of this second episode? I do. Um, but you know, what? I'm going to save it to the end now. We've got some tweet stuff oh, as well. Okay. So let's let's put, let's. I'll, I'm going to save the the special stuff to the end. So stick around for the climax. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for letting me know. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought we were, I thought we were doing it there. So uh, so it makes it makes me look bad. But I don't mind. I don't mind. I just water off a puck's back. <laughs> Puck's back, hockey, happy Gilmore, back in the game, back in the game. Um, All right, well, you gave me Caddyshack, so it was my journey to take us on on Monday. Uh, That means Victoria had happy Gilmore. Victoria, take us on a journey. 
angry but rubbish hockey player turned angry but amazing golfer Happy Gilmore smashes his way through a golf tournament to win the cash needed to save Grandma's house from the tax man. But she's an old lady. I mean, look at her. She's old. You can't just take her stuff. She's too old. He can drive, but he can't putt. So, uh-oh, Happy learns how to putt and wins. If you like golf, you'll love this film. If you like Adam Sandler, you'll love this film. If you don't care much for either, then Ben Still is in it and he's really funny. <laughs> was that all right? I know, I'm sorry. I only did that this morning. I just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know what you you know what you can have, Victoria. You can have a a, a glass of shut the hell up. <laughs> um, yes, that was fine. You definitely ticked all the boxes of uh, that section of the show. Uh, okay. So uh, yes, very good, very good. Y'all ready for this? Yeah! Meet Happy Gilmore. He was a hockey player. Who was skating on thin ice. But when his grandma needed his help... Mrs. Gilmore owes the IRS $270,000. We're going to have to sell the house to someone else. But she's an old lady. I mean, look at her. She's old. He discovered a new talent. That house is like 400 yards away. That's unbelievable. Now he's going from the links. Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball the links. Hey, where are you going with those clubs, punk? I'm your caddy. He's going to be on the tour. That's that's super. He's got the swing. He's got the drive. He shoots, he scores! He's got the balls. Oh, God, I hurt a little, but I'm all right. Quite a large and economically diverse crowd here at the Invitational. I guess it's the new tour sensation, Happy Gilmore. Hey, if I saw myself in clothes like those, I'd have to kick my own ass. And while he's trying to keep Granny out of the rest home... I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. He's driving the game of golf. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Straight into the ground. Damn you people, this is golf! I'm Bob Barker. Looks like you and I are going to be playing together today. This guy sucks. All right, let's go. Let's move into the section, which to me is all set up and no payoff, where I just tell you how many times I've seen it or not. Um, this is the second time I've seen this film, okay? <laughs> so, um, no, listen, hey, listen, um, you know I surprised you on Monday because I said I'm from a golfing family. Guess what else? I'm from an ice hockey family as well. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you can shut up. Um, we used to go Are watch... You really? Like, yeah. Um, we couldn't afford to go to the football, I think because my dad had spent all our money on golf club fees. So... He wanted us to go to a sport as a family. Maybe he wanted boy children. I don't know. So he made us go to the ice hockey all the time, and we loved it. We thought it was brilliant. So there you go. So I know all about ice hockey. What team did you were you watching? Uh, What were they called? The Blackburn Hawks, were they called? Blackburn something. Seahawks? No, that's not right. (laughs) Uh Uh What's a Uh Seahawk? Ice Uh Hawks? 
but but, but <laughs> most mo- oh. most likely Blackburn something though. Yeah. Oh yeah, we should look it yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't regret it. No, I know lots about ice hockey, and he used to. My dad used to drive us around the country. We got to away matches in really scary parts of really scary towns, so we spent a lot of time in like Solihull Ice Rink. Um, and ice hockey is a very physical game, which is why a lot of people like it. And I found that the crowds were also like that. A lot of fighting and a lot of drinking, which is presumably why my family really got on with it. <laughs> right. Um, uh, you uh, were absolutely uh, right. They were the black. They are the Blackburn Hawks. Yeah. Uh, formerly, <laughs> formerly the Black Hawks uh, and it. the Lancashire Hawks. But uh, now the Blackburn Hawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I, ice hockey, I don't, you know, I don't really follow any uh, sport other than baseball. But ice hockey is a sport that, when it's on, I do enjoy watching. Um, and I do think, as a sport, it translates very well into film. I know we're talking about golf in this instance, <laughs> but you know, uh, Goon, Goon is such a great film. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that, and Slapshot as well. So, so there's a lot of I have a, I have a lot of movie love for uh, ice hockey. It is exciting. It's just it is yeah because it's so much fighting. It's so physical, and it, the way that they structure a game, it's like little. There's plenty of time to get to the bar. It's really well thought out mm-hmm. yeah so golf then <laughs> but anyway yeah back to golf uh how many times have you seen this film uh i'll jump in um i watched this movie this was only the second time i think i've watched it maybe the third but i did watch this film at exactly the right time to fully appreciate it um as a teenage boy with a group of other teenage boys all smoking cigars. Was, uh... <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> no. no, but you know when you're with a group of mates, I think I must have been, I don't know, about 16, uh, 17, um, around then when I watched it, and we all watched it together, and it was like, yay! It was it was about as macho as, as I get, which is limited. Mm, so, yeah. yeah, it was great fun, though. It was the perfect time to watch it. Yeah, I think I was this. And I-, I will say this. So I just very quickly, this was my first experience of Adam Sandler watching this movie back then. And I thought he was absolutely brilliant. It was like, who's this guy? He's hilarious. This mm. is awesome. Yeah, I thought I didn't like Adam Sandler at the time this came out because he'd just done one of his baby voice movies. Uh, was it Billy? Billy Madison was the one. Because he does, mm. have to, his films do tend to split up into ones where he's doing the baby voice and ones where he isn't. And. Yeah, I don't like any of the baby voice films. Um, but yeah, I saw this one at uni with mates and thought it was pretty funny. But that's that's about it concerning my history with this one. Okay, um, yeah. do you want to hear a bit of background into this film? Oh, uh, please, yeah. yeah, sure. Okay, I've prepared, so you know. Oh, okay, great. So anyway, this yeah. film. Yeah, was... yeah. Is this is this sorry? Is this is this from the uh, the uh, the Dennis Duggan interview? Uh, uh, quite a lot of it is lifted it? from a golf podcast. Yeah, definitely. Right, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> I I just wanted to bring that up so everyone knew just how much research you had done for this particular episode. You listened to a golf podcast, which is uh, a, a, an incredible feat uh, for hey. you, for people who know you. Yeah, it really is. That's not, I know you're not being sarcastic. That's true. I'm not, I'm not voluntarily listening to no fucking golf podcast. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um. <clears throat> So, written by Adam Sandler and Tim Hurley, who I think they went to university together, but I know they did work on sketches for Adam Sandler at SNL, and then they did Billy Madison. It's apparently based on a childhood friend of Adam Sandler's who could just hit a golf ball very hard um, and went on to be a professional hockey player. 
Um, I think that's true. I did fact check it a bit. I think he was called Kyle McDonough, if anyone's interested, or like a massive ice hockey fan. He says it's true, so let's just say it's true. I used to play a lot of field hockey. That was my sport that I I was good at when I was a teenager. And so, and we played to quite high level, my school. Um, And yeah, I played with guys who were really good at hockey and when they would play golf they, it wasn't too dissimilar to this how they would hit a ball they, they didn't take the huge run up but they didn't have a proper golf swing but they just had such power in their arms that they could drive that ball like 300 yards so I think there is some you know although it's ridiculous what he's doing there are guys that do hit the ball in, in a crazy way and get distance on it just no accuracy yeah is there a lot of is there a lot of fighting in field hockey like ice hockey were you a bit of a brawler chris there there can be a fair bit because like ice hockey you've got a weapon in your hand basically so you can smack <laughs> you can smack people in the face off the ball or whatever, uh, uh, with with your stick so there was a little bit but i was i was definitely a lover not a fighter hmm. okay which is often often a better weapon uh, on a hockey team love <laughs> yeah. well really breaks someone's heart like, no, I never liked you, actually. Yeah, I was faking. Yeah, yeah I was. Yeah. Tell, them, tell them some home truths just as they're about to try and get the, uh, I'm going to say ball, and I'd like yeah. to say net. I'm, I'm going back to my ex. Right. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Um, now, I'm going to pronounce the director's name, Dennis Dugan, because that's how he pronounces it on this golf podcast that I listen to. But if you think it's Duggan, you can talk to me about it later. So he had been doing telly for about a year, after he did a Zucker Brothers film, which didn't do brilliantly, called Brain Donors. When he was casting Brain Donors, he puts um, he puts this guy in front of the Zuckers like four times, so the story goes, and they just wouldn't have it. He was like, "This he's going to be a star. They're like, nope, nope, nope. Anyway, when it comes time for Dennis to then pitch for Happy Gilmore, walks into the room, there's Adam Sandler. He's the person that the Zuckers weren't keen on. And Dennis Dugan tells the story that Adam Sandler was like, you stood up for me, so I'm standing up for you. So put your notes away kind of thing. Like Dennis Dugan says it was mine to lose at that point. Like, shut the fuck up. Everything you say now will get, will you get you fired basically. So the job is his. Um, uh, yeah. And then it was Cass- kind of a, it was kind of a lucrative thing as well, wasn't it? Cause uh, you know, he has gone on to uh, work with Adam Sandler rather a yeah. lot as uh, actor and director. Well, that's the thing, because it was $12 million budget, which is very cheap. Even then, it was still pretty cheap. Um, but it made $42 million. So it's, that's a massive hit. And even though people were quite scathing about it, I think Adam Sandler won a Razzie for it. Uh, uh, but anyway, it wasn't like... Not everybody loved it, uh, but then it did start... the big. It was the beginning of a big partnership for Dennis Dugan and Adam Sandler... And they have worked on lots of bafflingly successful films. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like everything from this, like Big Daddy. Um, I, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. You don't mess with the Zohan. Mm. They just they just gradually get worse, don't they? It's <laughs> oh, honestly, I, as I started reading this list, I'd forgotten how depressing it it gets. Grown ups. Jack, Jack and, and Jill. Jill, yeah, Grown Ups too. Grown Ups uh. isn't a film. Grown Ups aren't films. They're holidays that they just turn the camera on, at them having a laugh in a nice <laughs> in, a, in a nice holiday uh, vacation spot. That's all those movies are. I mean, I just I just think it depends, which is fine. There are the, I was when I was watching this again, I was like, if this was Will Ferrell. I would feel different, even if it was delivered line for line the same way, I would just feel differently about it because I just have more love for that man. And it's just how you feel about Adam Sandler. 
Um, his films are basically critic proof. He doesn't give a shit that no one likes them. He's made a, what well, I read somewhere that Dennis Dugan's films with Adam Sandler have made like three billion dollars worldwide mm. gross. So it's like no, so they don't care, and people go <laughs> to see them and love them. And if you know, if you just if you're into the Adam Sandler thing. He's a frustrating man because, to me, he is a good actor. So, if you know, the recent um, Uncut Gems is amazing. And he's not in Uncut Gems because it's an accident. Like, um, what are the brothers called that made that? Safty. Yes. So they went to him. So, like, we know we want you for this. You can do this. And he's, um, he's incredible. But it's frustrating when you look at the rest of his output. I mean, I listened to some of his... Um, like, you know, when comedians would put out albums and they were sort of sketches, and it's like, I, I just don't get it. I just don't get his... He just doesn't make me laugh that much, basically. It's a weird one, though. I think if you are in the the, the, the right place for an Adam Sandler movie, hmm. then it, it is, it's the perfect thing to watch at a certain time. Like, I, I, we once were taken... Uh, they took a bunch of journalists um, to... Uh, the, it's called The Summer of Sony, um, which is uh, they they fly you out to Cancun, you hole up in this five star hotel, and and Sony Pictures play you all their latest releases, and uh, as you can imagine, uh, putting a lot of journalists in, in a five star hotel for a week and just playing the movies, a lot of drinking, a lot of drinking goes on there, a lot of drinking, and I remember watching oh, which Adam Sandler movie was it? It was the one with Andy Samberg in. Oh, come on, help me out, Chris. Is it called That's My Boy? That's My Boy. Yeah, and um, and it's 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 notoriously not a a good film. Uh, and I genuinely, me and the group we, who we were with were were full of margaritas, and I've not laughed so much at a movie in a long time. So, <laughs> what I'm saying is. Be if you're flown out, you flown can be bought on an expense. <laughs> flown out on an expenses trip and fed booze, and then put in front of an Adam Sandler movie. In that perfect storm of events, he is the perfect guy to watch on screen. Alex Zane can be bought. <laughs> uh, and then all I had was just some stuff about casting. Um, it's. It's a well-trod tale that Kevin Costner turned down the role of Shooter McGavin because he'd already he was going to do Tin Cup and he didn't want to do two golf movies. Um, but thank God because Shooter McGavin is fucking amazing in this and couldn't be anyone else. Has, has Kevin Costner He's ever incredible. done like a dumb comedy though? That I've I read that and I thought I, this just doesn't make sense to me because even his That's comedies a fair point, are, se- yeah. are serious. I, I yeah. wonder how interested he was in this. He takes himself very seriously and he takes his films very seriously. So, um, And yeah. at, that, at that point as well, what are we talking about? 1996. Yeah. I don't think Kevin Costner was going to... You just cannot imagine, because this is Costner. This is still big Costner at yeah. that point. And you can't imagine him going, yep, I will play second fiddle to mm-hmm. Adam Sandler yeah. in his like second like lead role in a movie. Uh, as the as the villain, well, it, it just doesn't, been, it it doesn't been, sit right. It would have sat between Waterworld and The Postman, which are two of the most egotistical films you could ever possibly see. <laughs> where, where he's the sa- he's the savior of the planet. Um, so, but no, and Tim, Cup, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty though. Hindsight's twenty twenty. If he had stuck Shooter McGavin between those two movies, people would have gone. 
Uh, but he's got a sense of humour. Yeah, Look yeah. at him in Happy Gilmore. And, and, he's not. He's he's not nuts. And as it was, he did stick tin cut between those two movies, which, um, while not being a raucous comedy, is actually a really good, solid comedy drama. So he made the right decision, and we got a very good shooting McGavin. <laughs> yes, Christopher Christopher McDonald is a, a revelation in this film. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to say it early, but I'll say it again. You can be sure of that. This would be half the movie, if not a quarter of the movie, without him in it. He yeah. is a phenomenon. Mm. Um, so that's all I had, unless you've got anything else. Shall we talk about the film? Let's do it. Good with me. Okay, so we meet Happy Gilmore with... See, this should annoy me, but it didn't. It's good, like a voiceover montage, because, oh, that's so lazy. Uh, but... It establishes very quickly, and it's pretty funny. He loves hockey. He loves his dad. His dad dies. He's got anger issues. He can't skate for shit, but he has a hell of a slap shot. And the reason this montage didn't piss me off or make me think, oh, that's lazy, is because then his grandma pops up as Gene Simmons, and that's very funny. <laughs> so hey, do. Check out. I, I, I just wonder like how many focus groups they go through to get the music for a montage like that, because the music <laughs> is spot um, like it, it goes. This is funny. This is also heartfelt. Yeah, and that song that's just playing. It's like I, I, I swear, it's a staple of every Adam Sandler movie where they have exactly the right song to make you go, ha ha. ha oh, but it's beautiful. But ha ha. But oh, but it's beautiful. Which <laughs> that, that montage completely does. You're like, oh, the kid's scared, but it's all right because it's his grandma in a mask. Oh, yeah. and now he's happy. And as, as well as that, they're literally saying that. He's literally going, and then she scared me, and then I was okay, and yeah. then she turned out to be the best person. You go, well, that box is ticked there. Nothing nothing left up to the imagination. But do you know what that music is, Alex? Go on. It's um, it's Tuesday's Gone by Leonard Skinner. And it actually annoys me a little bit because um, we recently did an article, the three of us, where we picked our favourite summer films, which you can read on the Stakhanov website. And that song plays such a prominent role in Dazed and Confused, which was your pick. And I, I, yeah. it's so connected to that film in my head that I don't like other fil other films using it. And this was, what, three years later, they used the same song. So while it works here, I just get annoyed. That's the Dazed and Confused song. You shouldn't have taken it. Well, as as uh, as anyone would know, if uh, they have read uh, our picks for summer movies on the Stakhanov uh, website, uh, there is a link on our Twitter, at ClashPod. You'll know that despite it being my choice for summer film, I have only watched it once when I was uh, about 17 years old. So I had forgotten that, which is my excuse. I don't care how many times you've seen things. I'm just going to clear this off the decks right now. <laughs> if you've seen it once and it's your favourite, that's good enough for mm. me. It's up yeah, to sorry, you. we've got it's it's a big part of the show, Victoria. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's that's an off-air conversation right there, uh, because part part of this show is Chris and I like to say how many times we've seen things, and you know what you can do, you can get on bloody board with that, right? Because I've I've had it from you. It's just statistics, because I I like those statistics now. I've come around to Chris's way of thinking. <laughs> really, I've seen Days and I've seen Days and Confused once, and there I've just said it again. I don't like the statistics. I like the potential anecdotes that come with the stat, but not the. Stat. That's you're the, the you only the person stats. that's got anecdotes. You, because you're the only person that remembers everything like that. I don't remember anything like that. Once we get hold of your journal, then everything will be revealed. <laughs> My journal. <laughs>
No, Chris's journal. When he talks about it to himself in the third person, Chris today watched Dazed and Confused and... Chris remembers the way the light fell on the carpets of his bedroom. What issue of Empire magazine he was reading at the time. And he was annoyed because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was number three and not number two, which is what he should have been. <laughs> what brand of Cuban cigar he had procured. Anyway. Um... Whether he'd be heading up to the attic later on to listen to the Alan Partridge podcast with a <laughs> glass of brandy, as is his want. <laughs> a bottle of brandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice callback. Uh, right. So yeah. Anyway, the the story, which I'm, I'm really fine with it being quite spare, is um, the grandma's house is in trouble. She's not paid her taxes, so they're short of money. Happy and grandma. Um, it's he realizes that he can kind of play golf because he can just whack it, and he sort of surprises these two people who are like, hmm. what they're called when they come and take your shit. The bad men come and take your stuff. Yeah, because the. The bad guys, the bad guys of the government here, because look at her. She's an old lady. You can't take her stuff. She's too old. (laughs) (laughs) There are some very funny lines, um, and we're getting to... This is so simple, but it's my favourite line, possibly, of the whole film. So this conceit puts Happy Gilmore in front of Chubbs, who is an ex-pro, played by Carl Weathers, who's going to train him to play golf because he can't believe the shot that this boy has got on him. And he's trying to convince him. He says, I'm going to train you. And Adam Sandler just looks at him and says, no. (laughs) And it's so blunt. And it shouldn't be that funny, but it is so funny (laughs) just to be like, no. (laughs) But but the lines add on top of each other because he does. You're right. He just says no. But then you get that close up of Carl Weathers looking like, or like just like sort of staring at Happy Gilmore walking off. And he goes, he's going to play. And by God, he's going to win. And you're like, oh, wow. That's powerful. Powerful stuff from Carl Weathers. Yeah. And then you. this is the scene where Happy says to Chubbs, why are you, why are you not playing a real sport? Which is an allusion to Carl Weathers' old job because he was a football player. Um, and that Chubbs is missing a hand. And obviously in Predator, he gets his um, arm cut off. So lots of fun in-jokes there. Um and all of this puts Happy on the tournament, which if he wins, he gets to go on the tour. But this is all to put him in the path of the best villain ever, kind of, which is Shooter McGavin, played by Christopher McDonald, and the eventual love interest in this film, uh, Julie Bowen, uh, better known from Modern Family, whose job, I think, is PR or something, but it doesn't really matter what it is. Um I've never thought of that. Do you do you think it really was? I mean, it's kind of essential to the plot that Carl Weathers' character has one hand. Do you think that was a nod to Predator? I'd have never picked up on that. Why is it essential? Well, because, because of the, because of the crocodile. The, yeah, because of the whole the whole alligator. Yeah, but you, you could just replace alligator. that with anything. He could have had no toes and replace it with a piranha. It doesn't make any difference. I, but I think the I think the, it's a tougher visual gag to sell if he's got wooden toes than a wooden hand. <laughs> especially especially if he's a I golf guess. coach. Yeah. I, no, I just I don't. I think it's a joke. I just do. You could do anything. Why would you do that unless it was? Oh yeah. Because he's he was a golf pro who can't play golf anymore because he's got a wooden hand. But it could be, he could have one eye. It could be anything. Like it could. Have, you mu- <laughs> I can't believe we're having this conversation. This is annoying me. I'm with Alex on this. I'm with Alex on this. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who's a writer? Me. Shut up. I know. <laughs> if you've got one eye, you can still hit a golf ball, though. 
And if you've got what? missing toes. Oh, and a, a wooden eye, again, it's not as great a visual gag when half the time it's about his hand getting crushed or Adam Sandler pretending to shake it when it's not there. You know, how is he going to do that if the guy's got a wooden eye? I don't like, know. He might, <laughs> is he going to... Is he? But you're a writer. <laughs> you've nailed it. You've, you've nailed it, Alex. You've destroyed her. Um, although I'm saying all this, I remember years ago when we were playing hockey, we played against a team that had a guy with just one arm. And I said, I said to my lads, look, go easy on him, poor bloke. And about 20 minutes in, he'd scored three goals. And he was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. He <laughs> uh, was unbelievable. I'd never seen anything like it. So, um, yeah, he could have played with one arm. So, Vicky, I'm on your side now. Oh, thank even you. Though, By your logic, your argument... he would have been a better. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. doesn't hold water. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have been a better yeah, let's golf rev- let, Let's definitely reference Predator by giving it. He gets his arm blown off in Predator as well. It's his whole arm. It's not just his hand. But isn't it? Does it? Oh, I can't. This is so Can we park boring. This? Let's park this. Yeah, I'll, I'll, no, I'll, t- I'll tell you how it would have worked. It would have worked if in Predator, Carl Weathers, after having his arm blown off by the Predator, had yes. also managed to gouge out one of the Predator's eyes. Then, then we're, then we're cooking on gas. <laughs> what I mean is, we can cut this out, but I think it's important. He says it just after he said, why don't you play a real sport? So it's clearly, this is our in-joke section. Oh, look, you've got a wooden hand. All right. All right. All right, fine. Uh, okay. I, I know. I'm fine. I'm. I'm. I, 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 yeah. I. I. I mean. I. I think you're wrong, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now I want to talk about Ben Stiller in the nursing home, if that's all right. Um. Because I think this bit is very funny. It's so Ben Stiller plays. That, so Grandma ends up in a nursing home because the taxman takes her house, and Happy thinks it's going to be fine because Ben Stiller seems like a really nice, uh, care home assistant. Um, but then when Happy Gilmore is gone, he's like, oh, I'm evil. And he runs it like um, a sweatshop <laughs> and has got them making rugs, I think. But I misread this scene and I, my version is worse, but I, it took me a while to shake it off. So they're in the room together and Grandma's saying, oh, don't worry, Happy, I'll be fine. And Happy says, oh, look, Ben still is here. He seems nice, but obviously set up and pay off. Chris, pay attention. So then when Happy's left, Ben Stiller says, don't worry, Grandma. And I was like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? And Grandma sort of takes her cardigan off. And I thought, oh, my God, it's sexual. Like, he's going to be because she looks like she's undressing and then she instantly says oh can I have a glass of warm milk your man he's like no you can't and I was like that's there's something wrong with me that that's what I thought was going to happen I don't know I think you've no you've got a pass on this one because he has the moustache of a sexual predator yes correct (laughs) I I think that moustache gets you out of uh, of any blame for thinking that because only someone troubled has a moustache like that (laughs) but you love love Burt Reynolds (laughs) (laughs) that was more than burt reynolds although i did like the fact that burt reynolds gets a mention in this movie when the limousine goes by and adam sandler goes yeah it must be burt reynolds i'm like yeah (laughs) um so no go on chris sorry Uh, well just like this was the first time i'd really got to grips with adam sandler this is the first time i realized ben stiller was funny because yes i'd only seen him in empire of the sun and then Reality Bites, which he plays a more serious yeah. character in that. We didn't get the Ben Stiller show in the UK. So I wouldn't really have known that he was a comedy guy. And he's kind of it was kind of a revelation seeing him in this film. And then it was, you know, soon after you realised, oh, no, this is his shtick. The serious stuff wasn't really 
yeah. what he does. It's this. So it was that was a really lovely surprise in this film. Yeah, I guess there's a it's, there's a little bit of a through line. Like uh, although Ben Stiller like has done a lot more, as I guess Adam Sandler has. Um, they both do that thing of like they do calm and they're like da 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 da, and then really angry and shouty, <laughs> like that line that he does in the nursing home where he's like, "You can trouble me for a glass of shut the hell up," which is just <laughs> like Sandler. Yeah, you're right. No, they're delivering quite similar performances with sort of rage bubbling under the surface. Yeah. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, back to the movie. Um, So, Happy wins the tournament, which puts him on the tour. Um, and then we've got some of the, what Chris has talked about, about the class warfare. Um, and so the commentators are talking about the crowd that Happy's attracting. And this is a good line. It says it's a very economically diverse crowd, which is a very fun way of saying that <laughs> <laughs> there are poor people. But and you know shooting what? the Gavin. This Go is on. kind of based in reality, this is as well, because I, I acted, I looked it up to see if the timing was right. And it is. There was a golfer that showed up on the scene in the early 90s called John Daly, <clears throat> who could hit the ball further than pretty much any professional golfer had ever hit it. And he was a good old boy with a blonde mullet who liked a beer. He'd drive the ball monstrous, dist- monstrous distances and he would attract this really rowdy, beer-swilling <clears throat> spectators. And he managed to win the PGA Championships in 91 and then the Open in 1995. And so... This is kind of reflecting what was happening because the people who run golf did not like this crowd showing up, partly because it does make the sport harder because you've got to have silence for when a a guy hits a golf ball and it just wasn't happening. And it sort of happened 
since then at the Ryder Cups that have been held in America, you've had that with the crowd. So I think they were reflecting a sort of sea change that was happening in golf because of John Daly and then also because of um, Tiger Woods um, attracting a different kind of crowd as well at that time. Can I ask you a, a serious question? Do you really think golf is a sport or to paraphrase lots of people, but particularly uh, Chevy Chase, and I should have mentioned this on Monday, is it not just a way of men avoiding their families, but for the lives? <laughs> oh, like, that's something I, I, he said. Both. It's it is, incredibly it? hard. Uh, if you've ever played it, you'll realise how difficult the sport it is. So it's 100% a sport. But also, uh, with the golf club's um, courses closed for the last four months, my mum has been devastated that she's been stuck at home with my dad for four months, that he won't go out the house. Yeah. And so and the whole thing about like women not being allowed in, it's just like, they've just gone, oh, fuck it. Shall we just see if this will work? Oh no, you can't even come here like to check on what we're doing. Yeah. It's I'm leaving the house now and I'll be back at the end of the whole day. And you can't come and find out what I've been doing. Oh, okay. And, cool. the, 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 and the choices really are, it's either golf or fishing if you do want to 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 get away from your female um other half because uh, mm. obviously they're, they're not allowed in golf clubs and their uh, women dissolve if they get wet mm-hmm. so and they can't yeah they absolutely can't, can't swim yeah mm-hmm. but they what can't I will say for water. a lot of the uh, my my dad's friends and that I know that the, <laughs> the wives not to laugh, sorry. <laughs> I know that the wives are very happy they're as happy as the men are to be separated for that amount of time during the day once a week so. I think it very much depends on the responsibilities at home. Like if you, I just think, I think if anyone's got children under five and they're like, I'm going to go and play 18 holes, you're not. I'm sorry, but you're not. You're staying here and getting stuck in with this. And Shooter McGavin in the film, like he encapsulates that kind of old school thinking when Virginia first comes up to him. And she starts talking to him about the potential things as a publicist. She's got planned for the tour. And he goes, geez, you know what could be great? If I could get a Pepsi. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) he he delivers that so well. And then he turns around and goes, he goes, he goes, oh, diet. (laughs) (laughs) He's a brilliant villain because no effort, rightfully, is made to be like, you know, when we talk about a lot, if you speak to an actor who plays a villain, they're like, but really, I think my guy's the hero. And it's like, okay. But there is none of that here. Like, you can't be Shooter McGavin and say, oh, but really, I think he's trying to just, you know, do his best or or, or just, it, it's just how he is. He's just a proper enemy with no redeeming mm. features, which is brilliant. And it's the little things, like, uh, as an actor, he, um, Christopher McDonald, it's the little things that he does so well, like the detail he's brought to that character. And I might be blowing it all out of, out of all proportion here, but there's such nice touches, like uh, when the, the boss of the tour is introducing him to speak to the crowd on stage. (laughs) He's at the back of the stage facing away from the crowd. So it's a big reveal when he turns around and it's his face (laughs) in front of them, which is such a nice little touch. And then when Virginia is like going, uh, going, did you see his shot? Did you see his shot? And all he can do is look at the fact that she's touching the elbow of his suit and he doesn't like it. Like, it's so good. (laughs) Um, So he's cemented as Happy's enemy. Um, And the tour is going quite well for Happy under Virginia's like tutelage. He's toned down the swearing and the the crowd love him and they're following him rather than shooting McGavin. Um, He wins a lot of big checks. I think the big check joke, although it's puerile, is very funny about just stuffing all his big checks in his car. Um, And he has a fight with the alligator that took Carl Weathers' hand. 
But then he loses his mojo because he's heckled by someone that Shooter McGavin has employed. And then he has a massive fight with Bob Barker. And we get the best line of the film, which even though I said I've had my best line, which is the price is wrong, bitch, <laughs> which is really, really funny. <laughs> Do you, uh, so that's not on my list of best lines in the film. My favourite line, which isn't a great line, but it's delivered so perfectly. Again, it's a Shooter McGavin line. It's when Richard Keel is standing behind him and he's, he's saying Happy Gilmore made uh, the green in one shot and Shooter hasn't seen that it's Richard Keel behind him. And he turns around and he goes, well, moron, good for Happy Gilmore. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, moron. <laughs> I didn't, the, the Bob Barker thing, I didn't really understand that well, though, because I'd never seen, I didn't know he was the presenter of The Price is Right in America. And so no. yep. uh, I felt I felt that was a bit of a tricky joke for certainly when you read American reviews of this film, it's there. It's a lot of American people's favorite aspect of the film because it was so unusual to see him yep. swear like that. But I think that's tougher for an international audience, that gag. And, I, and it does feel it's it's weird because we sort of assume like Hollywood is making films for like everyone, which they are uh, now, I think, to a greater extent. But it does sort of feel very sort of like uh, uh, uninclusive when they do things that are only going to appeal to an American audience, knowing full well that same film is going to be broadcast like, in the UK. It's, uh, I always found that a little bit... A little bit selfish, if I'm honest. A bit well, it can be tricky. With, I mean, not in this specific case, but it can be tricky with sports movies as well, especially the American sports that are just mainly only broadcast in America. And, and you know, if we're writing a soccer f- football film that they won't get some of the jokes in America, it's tricky finding that balance, I think. I will say that the look Bob Barker gives after you think he's passed out and he opens his eyes really suddenly yeah. like a zombie <laughs> and grabs Adam Sandler's <laughs> neck is perfect like that's that's properly great comedy acting yeah it's pretty funny um now then so i'm sort of like racing towards the third act and we've got a little bit more story just to sort of framework if you will which is happy can get his house back but shooter sort of beats him to it and then there's a challenge laid down which is which kind of doesn't make sense if you unpick it but if he beats shooter in the championship he gets his house back or something. So anyway, you're leading, you're getting them to, to play each other and he needs to win. Otherwise all is lost kind of thing. Um, so then he's training because he's been, he's been happy so far. Happy has been happy just to whack it. And then when he gets onto the green, just to try his best, but Chubbs has always said to him, you know, I, I could, t- if you gave me six months, I could teach you to put, so he's like, he's going to go and learn to do it properly. Um, and then we get the seat, which these are my favorite bits, really. When we, when he's, I mean, it's so stupid, but Chubb sticks into a theme park. He's playing crazy golf to try and practice his uh, short game. And Chubbs tells him to think of his happy place. And those weird dream sequences are really funny and so unusual and strange. Yeah. Um, Christopher McDonald, the guy who plays. Uh... Shooter McGavin. Um, I'm going to stop introducing him like I've not mentioned him already on this episode, but they're his favourite bits as well. The bit where he sort of invades Happy Gilmore's happy place <laughs> and is like sort of tonguing like the, the the Gene Simmons mask and like with his quiff <laughs> with his collar popped up. He like he said yeah. those were great fun to do. The best bit is in the first happy place, happy place. 
Virginia's wearing white underwear and then when Shooter McGavin invades it, her underwear's black. That's just such a little <laughs> thing, but it's really funny because it's like in the dark version of his fantasy. It's really good. The bit of the golf course is good. I really, I can, the bit where he smashes the clown's nose off, I thought was great because <laughs> I, I find that clown terrifying. I mean, it's not the most terrifying clown, that clown is still Pennywise, is played by Tim Curry in It. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, could you tell I'd nearly forgotten? So, uh, yeah, well, is, there is, we go. Is that Tim Curry who made Charlie's Angels and Garfield 2 with Bill Murray? I know, I forgot to do it on Monday. So there you go, you get some weak-ass clown reference. But that is the obligatory <laughs> Tim Curry reference of the week complete. So we, we are still on course. <laughs> Of course, very good. Of course. There, was just, there hasn't been enough golf puns, I noticed, in yeah, either I'm... episode. Do you not feel like that? No, I'm really teed off about that. <laughs> yeah. uh... And suddenly I'm happy that there have not been many because... <laughs> um, so Chubbs dies. <laughs> so so uh, Happy Gilmore has to go it alone. Um, and so his game starts to unravel. And then grandma visits him right towards the sort of, we're, we're forcing a bit of a low point, which is, isn't going to win. And she tells him not to worry about it. <clears throat> and then you get the scene, the play as it lies scene, which is Shooter McGavin shooting a golf ball off uh, jaws from James Bond's foot to play as it <laughs> lies. Some observation tower collapses and Happy Gilmore has to play as, he li- as it lies and he wins the end. Yeah, that's, uh, that about sums it up. Uh, obviously, you missed out uh, Ghost Crocodile, Ghost Carl Weathers and Ghost Abraham Lincoln uh, <laughs> above the house, which is just oh, quite yeah. a, a, a wonderful Star Wars-like uh, reference. And obviously, we didn't talk about, you know, Dennis Dugan is actually in the movie as well. He has he a small is in role the movie, in the film. but this is the thing. So he was, wasn't he in, or did he direct Moonlighting or was he in Moonlighting? But anyway, when I was reading about him, I was like, oh, he was a very established actor. I don't know if he's that good an actor in this. Like, Who is he in this? I, I know it's, he's um, the tour person, the tour boss. Right, okay. So he's the one who says to Virginia, which is very unfair, you can tame him, not those words, Basically, he's like, if you if he swears one more time, you are sacked. But if you can get mm. him under control, he can stay on the tour. Mm. I mean, yeah. there's, there's not. It's more of an information line than a funny line in the first place. So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know, it's the generous thing to do to be in scenes as the director and also as an actor to not be the funny one. I think that's nice. I think that's a nice thing to do. I don't think you should put yourself in your own films. Unless you're short of money, actually. And it was quite cheap, so maybe it was the sensible thing to do at the time. Well, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I think M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> might... Uh, have to say about <laughs> I was literally about to say that. <laughs> Just springs to mind, didn't he? Yeah, um, every time. The, the fact that the parts got bigger with every movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's the guy? I didn't look this up. Apologies. There's a... a, a part um there's a man who stands next to happy all the time he's like the circle the energy feel the energy and it's like uh, a no, sort yeah. of a connection with the zen oh i think that's really yeah. funny i just i didn't look that the, the, the hole the, the the ball wants to be in the hole it's its home it's like a you're like a carousel the, you get on <laughs> you, you you pay your money the the horses go round and round but they also go up and down and up and down he's great 
Yeah, and then that's when Adam Sandler gets to scream, why don't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? <laughs> <Which> <laughs> to, to a ball, which is really great. Are you too good for yeah. your home? That's brilliant. <laughs> um, so that's all I've got on the actual film. If you want to do the bits. I'd like to quote Roger Ebert, if I may. Um, something that I noticed, but Roger put it much better about this film. He said, Happy Gilmore is filled with so many plugs, it looks like a product placement sampler in search of a movie. I counted Diet <laughs> Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi Max, Subway Sandwich Shops, Budweiser, Michelob, Visa Cards, Bed Atlantic, AT&T, Sizzler, Wilson, Golf Digest, the ESPN Sports Network, and Top Flight Golf Balls. Um, <laughs> and the stuff with Subway, I guess, I guess they're trying to make a joke of it, but... I just I found it so intrusive that it did my head in. Yeah, I couldn't remember that that turned into an actual commercial. So when he was actually saying it in the restaurant, holding the subway, going this delicious, foot-long, turkey-filled, I thought it was just going to end there and it wasn't going to turn into the advert. And I thought that was kind of funnier, like to just sort of be so mm. blatant about it, but it not even have... A plot point uh, following on from it. Yeah, I think that yeah. works better if you do that just the once. But then to have more subway stuff after it, it's just it's overkill. Um, but it did make me want to go and eat a subway, so it did its job. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I, I found I found yeah I found the product placement a bit too much in this one. Okay, well that's um, the uh, product placement section of the show done with. Do you want to do the bits now? Sure. Uh, yes, I would. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, um, 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 Alex, what was your best scene? Just stay out of my way. No, which no, actually, it's not that one. I've got a better one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't decide between two, and I think I'm going to go with. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, it's the fact that he just says no <laughs> at the end. Like he's got no comeback, so just no. <laughs> uh, Chris, um, what about you? Yeah. You can ask me for a glass of shut the hell up. Now you will go to sleep <laughs> or I will put you to sleep. You're in my world now, Grandma. Um, <laughs> that that moment, anything involving Ben Stiller in that nursing home, I think that's a whole subplot that I enjoy more than the actual movie. I think, and I yeah, think we should have. I know what we, you mean. We should have got a spin-off. It should have. Oh, this isn't my change, but it should have built, shouldn't it? So, like the rule of three, because you grandma's there, then grandma's having a bad time, and her and the other old older people should like like do all these rugs and then use them to escape and like dangle out of the window. That's what should happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I guess, to be yeah. fair, Stiller did play this character. I think he played it in Heavyweights before this, which Judd Apatow worked on that, and he worked on this as well. And also Dodgeball, I think, is not dissimilar to this performance for Stiller. So, um, yeah, I love it. How about you, Vicky? Uh, just the happy place dream sequences, mostly because Virginia, as well as wearing lovely underwear, is holding like four pint pitchers of beer. And I was like, yes, please. That looks delicious. That's also my happy place. So, um, uh, I'm really missing pints. That's the thing because of like lockdown, schmockdown. Um, but I've lost about two stone, so it's just lager weight. So when you see me, don't be surprised and don't mention wow. it actually because it's rude. Oh. Um, oh. Okay. 
Um, MVW, Chris. Most valuable whatever. Uh, ben Stiller. Oh. Yeah. Alex. Christopher McDonald is um, Shooter McGavin. I'm not sure if I've mentioned him on this episode, <laughs> but uh, Christopher McDonald is Shooter McGavin. <laughs> yep, me too, obviously. Um, and if you could change something, Chris, what would you change? Uh, I'd, ha- I'd, I'd replace a couple of actors in this film. Um, what? Yep, Whoa. Yep, yep. Um, uh, purely for my own wants, I would replace Bob Barker with the British host of The Price is Right, Bruce Forsyth. Uh, I think it would have been, it's like for like, really, except Bruce is funnier than, but Bob Barker's not known for his comedy, whereas Bruce Forsyth is. But Forsyth calling Adam Sandler a bitch uh, while kicking the shit out of him would have been very funny. Um, And this is horrible now. I really, I really don't like the actress who plays the nan. Um, Oh, really? Francis (laughs) Bay. I know, this is horrible. I don't like her. She gets on my nerves. I don't like her. Don't like her. Okay. Um, so I would. So I'm quite happy when horrible things happen to her. So I think okay. um, replace her with Betty White or Estelle Getty or one of the Cocoon Ladies, and I would have liked that plot line. <laughs> the Cocoon Ladies. <laughs> um, do you mean? Do you mean from the film Cocoon or some sort of strange place that you know where <laughs> older women are kept in cocoons and released as and when you decide? I think you know the answer to that, Alex. I do, I do. I was, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, What's your change then? Well, Vicky spontaneously just waded in and stole my change, but I'm going to to email you my working out to show that this is individual (laughs) thought. But I... um, I wanted a payoff for Stiller's villain. Uh, he is a bad guy. And at the end of the movie, he is still there in that nursing home, forcing those elderly people to do his bidding and whatever else Vicky thinks he might be up to. <laughs> Alex, so, Alex, yeah. Alex, there, I, is, there is a payoff. And it's a deleted scene, which I haven't seen for years. And I should have really rewatched for this podcast. But I think he gets thrown out of the window or something by Sandler shows up angry when he's find out what's happening and, and, and throws him out the window or something like that. Oh, yeah. well, why on earth was that taken out? Because that is kind of an essential point, uh, as Vicky said, that it's never really resolved. It's just like, well, grandma's out. Surely, surely she would then. I know you don't like her, Chris, but you've got to believe she's a good person. Surely mm. she should tell like uh, happy, like actually something bad's going on in there that I couldn't say at the time, but we should really do something about it. And she hasn't done that. So maybe Chris, you're right. Maybe she's a terrible human being, which is exactly what you said. I mean, that wasn't my point, but fair enough. If, <laughs> look, and apologies if I'm wrong, but if I'm right, I'll find that clip and we'll post it on Twitter. Um, so I'm not a liar. Um, do you want to know what my change is? Yes, it's a good one. I... So the way that Happy Gilmore wins is is not so much... Oh, actually, Chris, you'll correct me if this is wrong, but it's not so much golf, it's more snooker because it's angles and maths and trigonometry. So he's bouncing the ball off certain hard surfaces in order to get it to move at an angle to go into a hole, which is snooker. So there should be something in his life that made him good at snooker as well as the hockey connection. So when in the montage, he's like, oh, my dad was a hockey guy and I wanted to play hockey. All you need is his dad was snooker. He was into hockey. He ends up playing golf, but a connection in his life, which puts him in the path, if you like, of snooker, because that's how he wins golf. He doesn't win golf with golf, I think. How how about how about this? How about uh, a, a mid credit sequence where a 
goal, a, a snooker pro comes up to him having seen that shot and the whole circle starts again. Only this time he's <laughs> a hockey player turned golfer who's now brilliant at trick shots at snooker, but has to learn the regular game. Yeah, we could have John Virgo in it. That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> this being an American film, I think you'd need to substitute Pool for snooker. But aside from that, okay. I, I actually, this is fine. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Big with the compliments today, Chris. Uh, this is fine. Well done. Um, great stuff. So, uh, well, that's uh, that's it for Happy Gilmore. Kenny Sheck was Monday. It is time for... The verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! So, Chris, uh, these were your choices. You get to decide who goes first with this week's verdict. Ooh, who do I want to go first? Let's have you first, Alex. <laughs> um, all right, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, I have very, very, very much struggled, uh, not with that sentence, but with this uh, week's decision, because Happy Gilmore... Uh, may means quite a lot to me. It was like the first Adam Sandler movie I saw and no amount of uh, ever-decreasing returns are on his work uh, has really taken its toll that much. I, th- I still think it's one of his best, like, man-child movies. Uh, Caddyshack, on the other hand, is a, a really unique film. Like, and, and in, for so many reasons, it should not work. And yet skates by on um, insane likability and just this uh, hyperactive energy uh, for whatever reason uh, everyone has <laughs> in that film. Um, so I'm going to go where my heart is. And my heart is one of these is formulaic and the other is not. It's an insane piece of cinema. I'm picking Caddyshack as my winner. Okay, that was brief, was it? Okay, Caddyshack, uh, Vicky, what are you going for? <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I am going to f- come and find you and, uh, and do something that would be bad to you. Carry on. Um, I'm going to choose, just because it made me laugh more and it really surprised me, Caddyshack. Wow, oh, look at that. Well, uh, two votes for Caddyshack. Caddyshack has won, and I think we're. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say old Chris Thrilly over there is um, is probably going to plump for Caddyshack too, but I'll let Chris tell us. Well, not Caddyshack too, Caddyshack. But um, yeah, I mean, Caddyshack loses points for me because it's got a nose pick and some vomit, and you know how much I hate vomit in a movie. It's a big no from me. But I think... <laughs> Watching them back to back, I think one of the big differences um, is that Happy Gilmore is made by people who love ice hockey and are quite dismissive of golf, whereas Caddyshack is made by people who really love the sport. And I think that's why it stood the test of time with sports fans, as well as people who, who just like comedy. So, yeah, and it still makes me laugh more than almost any other film. So, yeah, obviously Caddyshack for me. Bosh! Three for three. <laughs> Caddyshack is the winner this week. Uh, congratulations to Caddyshack. Uh, I'm very happy about that. I know you are, Chris. Um, now, uh, just before we get on to what we're talking about on next week's episodes, Chris, I believe you have some emails that uh, I mentioned at the start of the show that you told me, no, you'd be doing them at the end of the show. That time has now arrived. Yeah, apologies for that, Alex. Um, I thought, right. But before that, I thought we'd have a moment of reflection. 
because oh, okay. I was doing a little bit of a survey. <laughs> did you are... hear Alex's voice then? <laughs> yeah, I did. You might not have heard. That was brilliant. It's like, for fuck's sake. Because <laughs> um, we are 50 clashes in now. We have done 50 clashes, which is 103 films. Um, wow. So, um, and I, so I've done a bit of research, and as David Brent once said, uh, that wasn't the real quiz on the last episode. This is the real quiz. So I've oh, totted man. up uh, just one question. I've totted up all the different genres we've done. What yeah. genre do you think we've done the most uh, across uh, those... sci-fi action? Uh, Alex, what was your? Uh, I, I, by the way, the it's, it's tricky. It's tricky doing this um, because some some. Um, some films obviously overlap, so I've had to just sort of yeah. use my judgment. Um, I'm afraid sci-fi and action are two different categories, uh, Vicky. No, no, so- sci-fi action, sci-fi action, sci-fi action, like aliens, sci-fi action. Yeah, okay, that's sci-fi. sci-fi. That's really so it's sci-fi action. It is. It uh, is. Oh. Alex, what are you going for? Action sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if I told you that that was wrong, Alex, what are you going to go for? Uh, I, I, I'm guessing horror. Have we done a lot of horror? Correct. Ding, ding, ding. So we have we? done. Wow. We have done 22 horror movies, 18 action movies, 16 comedies, 16 thrillers, seven fantasy, five sci-fi, five drama, four sport, four Christmas, three western, three superhero, two musical, and one romance, <laughs> as was mm. pointed out recently. Wow. So yeah. Wow, that's I'm. That's that's good. I honestly, I, I that was a bit of a gamble, uh, I guess. I didn't think we'd done horror that much, but actually, when you look back, yeah, of course we have We've gone hard on horror. That's a good thing. Yeah, I've listed them all out. I'll pop it on Twitter, and people can tell us what genres we need to do because I am aware we still haven't done gangster. We got to do gangster. Um, and I'm avoiding. I've avoided the emails this week after what happened last week with Young Sam and what he said. <laughs> Um, so uh, I'm going to talk about uh, Twitter. Um, we we started getting a conversation about um, merchandise, potential Clash of the Titles merchandise, because um, Aaron said, um, when are you guys going to sell some merch? I'm eager to buy. I will be buying for my friends too. The good word needs to be spread. Um, so I put it to the people, what they would want to see on Clash of the Titles merchandise. Um, a few people requested I'm all in on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elliot said I'd buy a Who You Trying to Kid Man T-shirt. Um, he offered. He also offered to design the merchandise as well, which was very kind. We might get back to you on that, Elliot. Um, Gavin wants a T-shirt that says, and that's this week's obligatory Tim Curry mention. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> hey! Uh, but Mike had my favourite one. He would wear a T-shirt that says, I've got three kids. <laughs> we could get the yeah. kids on as well. That's a nice idea. So thank you for those. And if yeah, we'll have to have a serious chat about that, whether we do, we do make some T-shirts, if, if people would actually buy them. Yeah, I'm all in is a is a strong contender. <laughs> the picture of Mark um, Addy lying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, with the three with the three of us lying behind him. <laughs> just superimposed us there. Imagine that though. You're just you're just walking down the street with a picture of Mark Addy in bed. Says I'm all in. You'd get the weirdest looks. 
<laughs> right. Okay. If you listen to Monday's episode, you'll know that we have re-recorded the reveal of what the clue was because the movie's changed at the last minute. So now Victoria is actually here to announce what those movies are. We're very excited. Christopher, are you there? I am. Great. Victoria, what movies have you picked for us to go through on Clash of the Titles next week? Two films, please. I have picked, uh, Chris. Wait. What? The clue was The Life Aquatic. Brilliant. Um, Chris, (laughs) you're going to watch Waterworld. Um, And Alex, you are going to watch Aquaman. Oh, I got some story. I got some stories about Aquaman. Let me tell you, uh, lovely stuff. All right, Waterworld versus Aquaman. That is Clash of the Titles next week. Do your homework, Clash Potters. We'll be back on Monday. Bye bye. This was a Stakhanov production.